Bed. Go to sleep! Go to sleep! It's time to go to sleep! Early to win. I won! I won the money! It's the early line with Joe Raineri and Dane Martinez. Line up, NFL to provide some uh, some calming of the nerves in the effect because the NFL has pretty much uh, told us that it will be business as usual moving forward here and uh, the business as usual includes right around this time of year uh, a lot of talk anyway when it comes to hey we've got uh, we've got teams uh, trading people free agency quarterbacks available the draft coming up uh, all of those things by the way are great opportunities to bet on and uh, bet on those types of things the prop bets of course on uh, tom brady at 12 noon today he can officially talk to teams who will he be talking to where will he go but it's not just tom brady we've got a whole litany of uh, quarterbacks that look like it's going to be a whole new uniform and a whole new system for them uh, guys like teddy bridgewater and of course uh, guys like marcus mariota uh, Andy Dalton, uh, just to mention a few, all going to be in different uniforms. Hell, even Philip Rivers, uh, where is he going to be? Is he an upgrade uh, over uh, what the Indianapolis Colts have there currently right now? Does Frank Wright believe enough in him? Is there enough in the tank? So uh, I think we'll start to get a better picture of all of that uh, beginning really today at noon as we start to hear, uh, hear who's talking to who and what. But I think the biggest piece is Tom Brady. The next biggest piece, I think, will certainly be uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Dane. And when you look at the numbers from a Teddy Bridgewater perspective, what is what do the odds makers think the best chance of Teddy Bridgewater landing is? Sure. So if you look at the Teddy Bridgewater ads, we talked about the Tom, the Tom Brady odds earlier in the show. If you look at the Teddy Bridgewater odds, Interestingly enough, I disagree with them. The favorite right now, Joe, is the New Orleans Saints. And I don't think that's viable, Joe, because they're paying for freeze, right? They've just put a first-round tender on Taysom Hill. So that shows that they have a value on Taysom Hill. They are retaining Taysom Hill. And I just don't think financially they can fit Teddy Bridgewater as well because some of these other teams are going to offer Teddy Bridgewater starting caliber money. And so you just don't have the ability to have all three of them in that quarterback room, in my humble opinion. So what that means, Joe, is the Saints were the favorite at two to one. That means if you get this one right, you can get some money. So let's talk about the next few, okay? After the Saints at two to one, Joe, you have the Miami Dolphins as the second choice at plus 310. Then the Chicago Bears at plus 340. Then the Bucks at plus 380, the Colts at plus 650, the New England Patriots, which I find interesting. If the Pats go a route that's not Tom Brady, they're at 9-1, to one. then the Chargers and the Raiders. You're starting to hear the same teams over and over again, right, Joe? Those are the teams that we expect will be in the quarterback market for all of these guys. You keep on hearing the Colts. You keep on hearing the Bucks. You keep on hearing the Bears. And those are probably because those are the teams that are not comfortable with their quarterback situations as it are, as they are right now. But after the Saints, it goes Dolphins, Bears, and Bucks, Joe. 
It's uh, it. He might very well, and you're right, Dane. To me, he, he might be way too expensive for the Saints unless they cut some sort of deal. And and I think the only reason he'd ever go back to the state, uh, the Saints, is that. You know, Drew Brees has picked up the phone. The the Bensons have picked up the phone. Uh, Sean Payton's picked up the phone. They've had a conversation and said, "Listen, it, this is your franchise. Beyond this, all right? Uh, you you saw what happened to him last year. You had to come in. We are we can win a Super Bowl this year. And you know he's going to go out and he's going to retire. This is definitely his last year. If they promise him." the future, uh, you know, being the Saints organization. And I think it's realistic to say, listen, Sean Payne's not going anywhere. That roster, very young, very talented, also not going anywhere. So, you know, does Teddy Bridgewater want to, does he want to play for the future? Does he want to take, you know, guaranteed money now, but knowing that it's a one-year deal next year, he's going to make a boatload of money and he's going to inherit a Saints team that's going to be making a run to the Super Bowl. So unless Teddy Bridgewater is, how much does Teddy Bridgewater want to win? You know, how much does he trust Sean Payton and that roster? You can't just hand the guy starter money. He knows that. We know that. If he does go back to the Saints, though, I think we can all agree it's because he's the future of the Saints, Sands, next year. And at that point, then... You know, they're locking him into a, you know, seven, eight-year deal. Yeah. He's going to get his $120 million. But here's the problem, Joe. I agree with you. If there was kind of a wink and a nod and they kind of know right. that he's the heir apparent, that would be one thing. Right. But, Joe, Taysom Hill upsets that apple cart, okay? And the Saints have already demonstrated by putting a first-round tender on Taysom Hill. I think the Saints have already demonstrated that they believe Taysom Hill is part of their future, okay? They have said everything glowingly about Taysom Hill. You've heard Sean Payton even say they believe he is a quarterback. So I would agree with you that Teddy Bridgewater can kind of lay in wait, but the Saints have already made that move with Taysom Hill. I think that changes the equation because if that was just a clear glide path to being the franchise quarterback for Teddy, then I'd agree with you. But Taysom Hill clouds that calculation, and they've already demonstrated how much they love Taysom Hill. I actually think they picked up the phone not to Teddy B, but to Taysom Hill and to say, hey, you're the guy next in waiting. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater got that um, assurance, and I think he will be on the open market. I, uh, I, I can promise you this here, Dan, and we'll have a side wager. If Teddy Bridgewater signs with a different team, Taysom Hill will never be the franchise quarterback of the New Orleans Saints at any time in any way, shape, or form. Sean Payton knows, as does every other NFL coach, he is not a franchise quarterback. He is the ultimate Swiss Army knife that, in certain spots, is put in a position to be successful because of his athletic skill set. Being a franchise quarterback is a different animal. That is not what he is. In fact, I'd even go so far as to say if it wasn't Taysom Hill and Sean Payton, if it wasn't for Sean Payton, Taysom Hill would be an afterthought on three-quarters of the other teams in this league. They wouldn't have had to utilize him. He'd never have had as much success as he has had in New Orleans without Sean Payton and that coaching staff and, of course, Drew Brees and company there. 
He's a very unique player. He's one of the best all-around athletes. That does not make him a franchise quarterback. Otherwise, you wouldn't ask a 40-year-old Drew Brees to come back if you were sold on Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill now taking 30 snaps under center and defenses, getting used to his tendency. Absolutely not. He will never be the franchise quarterback in New England, uh, in New Orleans. He will be the perfect Swiss Army knife and the perfect complement to either Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Brees, or whoever it is that they bring in after that. But I don't see Sean Payton ever making him the franchise quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. Yes, but here's what I'm saying, and let me clarify just a bit here, Joe. First of all, those teams that might figure out how to use them, it's ironic how those teams are like good teams, right? Like Baltimore or San Francisco, they would find out ways to use them just fine, right? But to be more specific, what I mean is the fact that they put a first-round tender on Taysom Hill, the fact that he's still part of their plan, whether it be as a Swiss Army knife or as a QB2, what that means to me, Joe, is that if you're Teddy Bridgewater, that means that you're not getting the wink and the nod. That means that you just don't have a clear path to being a franchise quarterback. I don't disagree with you that Taysom Hill is not necessarily a franchise quarterback. What I'm saying is if I'm Teddy Bridgewater and I have an option in New Orleans, but they still like this other guy in my quarterback room, and you also have, oh, I don't know, the Miami Dolphins or the Chicago Bears who are like, Here's, you know, 30 million a year. You're going to be the guy. I'm just saying I think that's a more attractive option with less competition. Now, I accept that on the other side, the Saints are a lot closer than the Dolphins or the Bears are to winning and championship contending. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All I'm saying is the presence of Taysom Hill, however they use him, whatever it means down the future, clouds the certainty for a guy like Teddy Bridgewater. And he's got one chance at the market. And he's got an opportunity to be that franchise guy right now. And I think that'll be the option he takes. I don't um, um, I don't know. You know, some of these other teams for Teddy Bridgewater and the odds are, are intriguing. Uh, certainly, listen, he could have went to Miami. They were trying to pull a deal at, at, at uh, for Miami in, in a trade. And that uh, he didn't want to go to Miami. Uh, he didn't want anything to right. do with uh, Miami, in fact. I don't know if that's changed now, that uh, there's been a regime change there and what the Dolphins did last year. But uh, I find that interesting that they're at the top of the order. Chicago, I, I think they're committed to Trubisky for one more year. And then before they pull the trigger on, uh, on that, uh, the Colts, I think, are interesting. But the Colts, to me... I see the Indianapolis Colts. I think you have a Teddy Bridgewater-esque quarterback in, in Jacoby Brissett. I think you're either going to go one year Phillip Rivers, who knows the system, knows the coaches, or you're going all in on Tom Brady, that kind of situation there. I think that's what Frank Wright uh, will do if he's going to move on be, uh, beyond uh, the um, you know what he has there in Jacoby Brissett now. I, I, you know, Chargers are going to go with Tyrod um, or, you know, it's interesting. The rest of this list, I think New England fascinates me from the standpoint that if Tom Brady does go someplace else, that's right. Boy, Bridgewater would slide right in there. And uh, and that would be great with Josh McDaniel and uh, and what they've got going on. Very interesting because, listen, Teddy Bridgewater isn't the most, uh, you know, he's he's 
not the most athletic guy either, guys. I mean, you know, the, the numbers we saw with New Orleans, when you're throwing to Michael Thomas and, you know, you've got uh, you've got all of those weapons coming out of the backfield. Yeah. I, I, uh, it's a different, uh, I don't know what to expect beyond New Orleans, um, shall we say. But, you know, he's got to get paid. And New England would pay him just enough to make him to want to come there. And if Tom Brady's not okay. there, I, I, Bridgewater at what, plus 850? What is New England's number? Plus 850 is the number, Joe. But I like the way you're going. I'm just taking it a different route. I think ultimately Tom Brady's going back to New England, right? But I think that right. leaves an open spot in the merry-go-round in Tampa Bay, okay? Because mm. if Brady doesn't go to Tampa Bay, then I think Bruce Arians might turn his attention to Teddy Bridgewater as thinking that that's a much more stable option than Jameis Winston. And the Bucks right now are the fourth choice right behind the Dolphins and the Bears at plus 380. I think that could be a home. I think Bridgewater is the domino to fall right after Brady. If Brady goes to Tampa, New England could be a home for Teddy. If Brady stays in New England, I think Tampa could be a home for Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know that Teddy Bridgewater and Bruce Arians are a good fit, but I do think Teddy Bridgewater and John Gruden would be a very interesting fit in the uh, in the Raiders organization if that's the way he wanted uh, to go. I, I think, you know, the Raiders are going to do something. Uh, the question is, are the Raiders going to be used as leverage for all of these guys someplace else? Or are they going to move on from Derek Carr? Bridgewater, I, I wouldn't sleep on, you know, Gruden Bridgewater. That 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 might very well work as well. So, uh, but Jameis, where does Jameis go? Yeah, Andy Dalton. I mean, we got there many more to try to figure out. Well, the morning after. Have you prepared your team at all for playing a game in an empty arena? And how do you prepare a team for that? Yeah, it's called the Northeast Conference. Sometimes we play games in, 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 in empty arenas. You know, we'll have to bring our own energy if that's the case. Yeah. And, and I hope they'll allow fans to come. I really do. I think a big part of the tournament is that atmosphere, especially when you're a participant, you know, feeling the bands, feeling the fans. Weekdays, 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern on the Sports Grid Network. We're going to be shaking it up on Sports Grid, coast to coast, in-game live. We're going to talk about action, talk about the games, talk about the money lines, the spreads, the teasers, the reverses. There's only one, the world's most famous, the Mecca the Hub. It's beautiful, isn't it? We have action on every game, every night. We got the skinny, the scoop, and the final word for you on Sports Grid. Everybody else pales in comparison. You're soft, we're not. This is New York, baby. Pharrell, coast to coast, 4 to 6 p.m., only on Sports Grid. Fantasy Sports Today. Craig, we're here doing our team previews like we always do from a fantasy baseball perspective. And it's the Cleveland Indians today. They still have some big boppers in this lineup. Lindor entering the contract year. Will he remain with the Indians for the entirety of the season? I think that's a storyline to watch. Uh, obviously, the health of Oscar Mercado. We're expecting a big season out of Fran Mil Reyes. Weekdays, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on the Sports Grid Network. Game time decisions. Now uh, you gotta be the youngest person here. Yeah. Besides, like the degenerates that bring their kids here. <laughs> He's feeling <laughs> it. <laughs> hey. <laughs> 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 
we're getting a party going over here. SportsGrid.com, as uh, maybe we know there are no sports being played around the uh, around the country, heck, around the world for that matter. But doesn't mean there's not uh, that the sports world sleeps here. Plenty going on, certainly, when the uh, in the NFL as uh, as their free agency begins today. The Tom Brady sweepstakes is uh, is now up and ready to rock. Wednesday starts the new year and. You got a draft just around the corner. You've got odds on those uh, on the draft. So yeah. uh, much going on. And when you and and again, those weren't the only uh, stories. And where is Fasano, by the way? Is uh, is Fasano in the pit? Get uh, the pit. get him on the microphone. Yeah, because I, I want to know what Rick he Pitino. thinks about the. Uh, yeah, I want to know what he thinks about good old Rick Pitino coming uh, from the. From the Greek League now, where, of course, what a shock, Rick Pitino uh, took a team to the championship game there. Um, you're talking about a guy that is just six months ago settled uh, the last of the lawsuits from uh, Louisville, who was announced as the Iona head coach of the basketball program. He's 67. Uh, he's got a decent record. He's 770 and 271 overall as a, uh, as a head coach in, uh, in basketball. Three different schools to the Final Four, national championship at Louisville in 13, and Kentucky in 96. A lot of people forget that is where uh, he was making his bones there in uh, in Kentucky. Final Four twice with Providence in 87. Uh, listen, you say what you want about Rick Pitino. Uh, Rick Pitino in college basketball, legendary, legendary. There aren't many more that can do what Rick Pitino can do to a college program. And Iona, you know, their coach had to step down, obviously, some health reasons. But Iona's been a feisty MEAC team for a long time. And now this kind of makes recruiting interesting. Uh, and I'm wondering um, if Fasano thinks that more tickets will be sold now that Rick Pitino is on the uh, – because I don't know. That's a beautiful gym, but how many people were going to Iona games? Oh, this year it was quite uh, quite a small turnout because, you know, this was the first year of the new stadium, and Clues, you know, was, hasn't been with the team all season. So that was the real right. reason kids wanted to go see the, the greatest coach in Mac history play. Um, unfortunately, he had to step down. But I think you guys said it, you know, he's a winner. He is a straight winner. Mm -hmm. Controversies aside, it's going to draw eyes to Iona recruiters. It's going to draw people who want to be playing for him. You know, they know he has an NBA resume. They know he has a college-winning resume. I think, good or bad, Iona's going to be in the conversation, and this is a great thing for a great basketball program here in New York. Really is, Dane, isn't it? I mean, is there anything yeah. better <laughs> if you're Iona? It's like... <laughs> Listen... They landed the big fish, Joe, you know, and that's unreal. A, kudos to them yep. for being able to make these moves. And you guys have alluded to it. Where I think it's going to be very interesting to watch is on the recruiting trail, okay? If you're one of these kids in the New York City area, right, where are you getting recruited to right now? You know, Syracuse comes down. St. John's has tried to recruit this area heavily, obviously. And there are some other 
strong area school. Seton Hall was in the top 10 this year at a certain point. But now the cachet of going to play for Rick Patino, I truly wonder if they are going to be able to recruit the city area in a different way and really get top-level talent and start to become one of these mid-majors, Joe, that we talk about. They are going to get talent out of the city area to play for Rick Patino. Yeah, I, I mean, Fazana, you got to think if you're a freshman, sophomore, right, junior on, on Iona right now, um, you've got to be looking at this being like, uh, you know, yes, he, he was at Louisville. And, and yes, listen, he was just playing the game that is played in college basketball. And we should all understand this, too, as well. Rick Pitino didn't do anything in Louisville that's not being done in Arizona, Kentucky. Uh, you know, go around every major program there is. There is a lot of underhandedness going on. He just happened to be in the middle of that at Louisville. But he is going to be able to coach basketball, guys. Make no mistake about it. He's been in this spot before where... You know, don't look now, all of a sudden, Miak. We're talking about Iona Games getting national prime time, shall we say, CBS Sports kind of. You know, we're going to be tuning it on and seeing Rick Pitino and Iona playing side by side. And I can't wait to see what the out-of-conference schedule is going to be with Rick Pitino. I can't wait to see who he schedules there. Yeah, that's true. He's going to wind up going. Remember, guys, at the beginning of that season, right, before conference play, when we have things like the Maui Invitational, the Great Alaskan Shootout, mm -hmm. and then we have big boys playing some of these small conferences. This is going to yeah. be a draw for some. You're telling me we're not going to see Kentucky versus Iona? You know, we are going to see that, right? Louisville versus Iona? Yep. We're going to see that. Yep. And by the way, I would be remiss if I didn't say, Joe, you know, Patino also had a stint as the Puerto Rican national coach. Yes, that's correct. Yes, that's correct. Yep. Yeah. Well, <laughs> when you're seven, what are you, 770 and like 240? Like, it's like you, every stop he has been at, he has won. Hell, he was just six months overseas and took a team to the, to the damn championship. So, you know, the guy knows basketball. And the one thing that you have to have in order to take a job like Iona uh, is you've got to have a passion or basketball to want to win, not where you're kind of, you're sitting in the cushy, oh, it's Duke, it's Louisville, you know, these these big blue blood type of schools. You got to want to coach basketball something. Game. First of all, Rick Pitino don't need to work. Why the hell are you overseas coaching a, a Nationals team? What I mean, like, what are you doing? But he's got to have, for him to take this job, I think, uh, and this is great for the MEAC and everything else, I think it's great for college basketball, because all those kids that don't get recruited to Kentucky or to Louisville or to, you know, Villanova, guess where they're going to want to go, Dane? Yeah, that makes complete sense. If not, let me play for a coach that I know that can develop me potentially into an NBA talent where I know I'm going to get more exposure yeah. than any other school at this level that's recruiting me. I will say on a, on a uh, me being a cynical note, earlier on on Saturday, you know what the headline news was? Mm -hmm. That his son signed a huge extension with Minnesota, right, and got paid yeah, as right. their head coach. Right. Yep. And all of a sudden, yep. that gets pushed to the sidelines news-wise because his daddy is back in the NCAA. I just thought that was ironic that literally the headline news was that his son signed a huge extension with the Golden Gophers only to be bumped from the conversation by him being the new head coach at Iona.
and and it's awesome too for and, and by the way his son actually deserved that extension i know there were some question marks of whether or not uh you know they were going to bring him back because of the disappointing that ridiculous he he's coming back to minnesota and he deserves it but rick patino coming to iona he has not been that far removed from the game where he doesn't understand the recruiting trail you know that's the fear sometimes of guys that have been away from it Recruiting is a full-time job, especially in basketball. And when you're not getting, you know, hookers and escorts and everything else for the kid, you know, you've got to actually show up. Could you imagine Rick Patino showing up in the living room or at the kitchen table of recruit being like, you, right. you know what I mean? He still has that presence about him. He hasn't been that far removed from it where he's, you know, parents and kids are not going to be blown away by him. Right. And also, you have to remember, these are not going to be five-star recruits, okay? These are going to be right. your three-star right. recruits. So that kid is yeah. even more starstruck, by lack of a better term, yeah. by Patino coming into the living room and making that pitch. You know what I mean? The five-star yeah. kid is going to have other options like Kentucky and Duke and Carolina. The kid that Iona is going to target on the recruiting trail they don't have any other big boys coming into that living room making the pitch to mom and dad. It's going to move the needle when Rick Pacino is trying to recruit you. Mm -hmm. And I do think, uh, too, Dane, that what we are going to get is we are going to get uh, some of those five-star recruits that may have gone to, let's say, um, you know, North Carolina or Kentucky and all of a sudden didn't get the kind of playing time that they wanted. Guess where the transfer portal is going? You yeah, yep. they're going to Vill they're going to Iona to play for Rich. So I do think he's going to get his share of four and five, certainly in the transfer game. But you know, listen, if I'm a four or five star and I got to compete in North Carolina with other four or five stars, you know, big fish, small pond, or you know, small fish. Big, what do you want to do? You know what I mean? What it's college hoops. Uh, you can still make an awful lot of noise when Rick Pitino is the guy leading your team. Yeah, and think about it. Wiseman at Memphis, right? Year before, Ben Simmons, LSU. You know, uh, yep. I think about all the way back to Derrick Rose at Memphis. You know, we yes. have had top draft talent go to smaller schools. And, you know, think about the, the C.J. McCollums of the world, right, who have come out. Yep. If you don't get your shot at some of the big boys or the transfer window, like you're saying, Iona is an incredible place because why? Rick Pitino has the connections, has the pedigree, and gives you the exposure you need to get to the next level. Yep. Love it. I think it's great for college hoops. I love it for the MEAC, for the area, for Iona, uh, for mom, for all the rest of the teams there. Uh, it, it all of a sudden is going to put that conference in a national spotlight like it hasn't had in, in a long, long time. And listen, he's replacing a legend. I mean, how do you, and that's always the big thing with schools, right? Especially basketball, right. where there's not turnover guys on the with the big ball. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, Coach K's been coaching oh, 50 years. Bayheim's been there 100 years. You know, there's not a lot of turnover. And when you get a guy that's legendary in Iona, like, like how the hell are you replacing? Oh, so you go out and get the other big guy. You go, you go out and get Rick Pitino of all damn people. I, I mean, congratulations to the folks at Iona for getting it done. And of course, now that puts Rick back in New York, where you know you remember Dane. He spent a couple of years in New York as a head coach of a team once, I think. 
Yeah, I mean, he may be the best head coach in New York right now, if you want to know the truth. But, yes, he added spin, <laughs> and, you know, as a young man with the Knicks. But I, yep. I, I can't tell you, Joe, what I think this is going to mean for the recruiting trail in this area. They're yep. going to be on ESPN2. They're going to have a home-and-home, home, right, with St. John's at the Garden or something like that. Yep. Great exposure. And I'm happy to see an area school be able to kind of step up in class in that way. It just never happens that way. You know what I mean? It's just like the little guy doesn't get that kind of coat. Like it, it just, it very rarely happens. And the fact that it's happened now at, at Iona and I think the trickle down effect is going to be awesome for all the schools, all the recruits. And he's going to be able to walk into a, uh, to a living room there and he's going to be able to land himself some players that Iona never would have had in a million years, but because he walks through the door and he's going to wear those rings, Dane, you and I both know it. He's going to be wearing them rings coming in here. The bling is going to be showing, and he's closing the deal. I mean, uh, you got to love basketball to want to go out there and sit in kids' living rooms and talk. I mean, you really got to love it, guys. Uh, and he does. He loves this game and being a teacher. Exactly. It's ridiculous. All right, more on the, the latest in the NBA as well. We'll talk about that coming up next. The morning after. Have you prepared your team at all for playing a game in an empty arena? And how do you prepare a team for that? Yeah, it's called the Northeast Conference. Sometimes we play games in, in, <laughs> in, in, in empty arenas. You know, we'll have to bring our own energy if that's the case. And, and I hope they'll allow fans to come. I really do. I think a big part of the tournament is that atmosphere, especially when you're a participant, you know, feeling the bands, feeling the fans. Weekdays, 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern on the Sports Grid Network. We're going to be shaking it up on Sports Grid, coast to coast, in-game live. We're going to talk about action, talk about the games, talk about the money lines, the spreads, the teasers, the reverses. There's only one, the world's most famous, the Mecca the Hub. It's beautiful, isn't it? We have action on every game, every night. We got the skinny, the scoop, and the final word for you on Sports Grid. Everybody else pales in comparison. You're soft, we're not. This is New York, baby. All right, guys, welcome back in uh, the early line here on the grid, sportsgrid.com. Uh, we still got much to get to here today. Uh, we'll talk about the NBA, the latest there. We've heard from uh, some of the players via social media. Uh, Rudy Gobert goes into his pockets over the weekend. Uh, much to get to there as well as the NFL as their year begins. But first, let's welcome in uh, Dan Straff here to get you caught up with uh, what happened over the weekend. And, Dan, it was, without a doubt, uh, even with no games, a lot of stories and headlines over the weekend in the world of sports. Good morning. Good morning, Joe. Absolutely true. The NFL's new league year will start on time as planned this week. That was announced over the weekend in a memo sent to teams. According to published reports, the memo informs teams that the player team negotiation window will start at noon today. The league will start Wednesday at 4 p.m., both as were planned. Adam Schefter is reporting that the NFL had wanted to move back the start of the year, but the Players Association would not provide consent. The Tennessee Titans announced a extension for Ryan Danhill over the weekend. Looks like it'll be four years, $118 million per ESPN's Jeff Darlington. 
The deal, which has an average annual value of $29.5 million, includes $62 million fully guaranteed. That's going to Darlington as well. Pro Football Talk with a big report overnight that the Houston Texans may be willing to shop DeAndre Hopkins via trade this offseason. NBA owners and executives are reportedly, quote, bracing for the possibility of mid to late June as a best-case scenario for the league's return. From David Purdom at ESPN, MGM Resorts announced Sunday that it is temporarily closing its Las Vegas properties due to the coronavirus pandemic that is rapidly shutting down most of the United States. MGM Resorts operates 13 hotels and casinos on the Las Vegas Strip. And in the NBA, Carla Anthony Towns donated $100,000 to the Mayo Clinic to help testing for the virus that causes COVID-19. This follows donations from Zion Williamson, Giannis Antetokounmpo, J.J. Watt in the NFL. I'm Dan Straffer, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. All right. All right, Dan, thank you very much. And, um, yeah, it's uh, it's we're no shortage of things going on certainly behind the scenes and when you have the granddaddy of them all there the nfl continuing business as usual um this time of year is listen nfl always takes uh, center stage uh, while even the nba would be going on major league baseball getting ready to start the draft of the uh, of the nfl it always everything stops and the nfl always becomes the focus leading up to the draft anyway so uh, still plenty to get there um, and moving forward here on the grid, guys. We'll get you caught up with everything you need to know about the upcoming draft, who's going where, the odds, the the betting opportunities, uh, because the draft, the NFL draft is something if you've never had a chance to bet on, is a whole lot of fun, guys, with where certain players are going to go based upon the needs of teams. Much, I mean, really a whole lot to get into on there as well, not to mention you are still going to have uh, horse racing, a great opportunity for folks to be able to get into horse racing if you've never bet on it or haven't understood the the intricacies there. You can certainly, you're going to have time uh, to dive in and learn a new sport because it was, like Dan said, Dane, uh, you know, uh, Wojnowski drops, uh, drops this where the CDC recommended no events of 50-plus people for the next two months. And this kind of threw a rock into what the NBA had originally said. Hey, we gave it 30 right. days. We'll, we'll revisit it in 30 days. Well, listen, 30 days, realistically, now, if that's the case, unless something happens between now and those 50 days, Dane, where, you know, the, uh, the curve flattens out, so to speak, or uh, they do seem to be able to get a handle on this, you're looking at mid to end June here for a you know, for a situation. Now, the NBA is already apparently scouting for possible arena dates all the way through August. I mean, there is a significant possibility where the NBA, Major League Baseball, the NFL, uh, the NHL, all of these leagues will be going, Dane, in, in August and September. I mean, that's that's a legit possibility here. It's unprecedented times, but it's also... It's also a time where if I'm the NBA and I'm an NBA fan, guys, I I'm bracing for the fact that the, the regular season's probably over, that what, this, what the standings are now will probably be who's in the playoffs, who's not. Take that for what it is. And then if I'm a fan of a team, you just dropped a two-month sabbatical in on a team like the Lakers, who was playing at a very high level or – it kind of changes the dynamic of everything. If we're not talking 
until mid-June. We've never seen, a, you know, every team, ah, take two months off there with at the end of the regular season, then we'll see you back. I don't know what these teams are going to be like when they come back. It's going to be absolutely fascinating from a handicapping standpoint because you can't handicap them on what they were. You got to somehow figure out what the hell they are now. And that's that's a long time, Dane, to be able to go back and expect the same results that you were getting uh, prior to, of course, the shutdown. Yeah, I mean, and there's so many different ways it can go, right, Joe? You know, we don't know how teams will respond. On the one hand, like you said, there are some teams that are rolling right now and are hot. And, you know, it's bad for them maybe to upset the momentum and, and building their chemistry, what it was. On the flip side, you know, Giannis, the, the, the MVP of the league, was out and missing time, right? This could truly help mm -hmm. them. A team like Philadelphia, Joe, where Ben Simmons and yep. Joel Embiid we're nursing injuries, yep. right? Well, what do you know? By the time this gets back, their two best players will likely be back to 100% and ready to roll. So maybe it helps yep. them out, you know? And I, I fully believe, mm -hmm. Joe, because this is going to be weird for a while, okay? I fully believe two things. One, there will be a phase where play happens, but with no fans in the arena. I don't know when that is going to happen, but I do think as a kind of like half step, just like horse racing is doing right now, just like the UFC is doing right now, I do think there will be a mid-range time when they come on back without fans because it's the gathering of 200 people or 50 people. That'll be it. And at some point, even the fans will be like, yeah, let's have something to watch on TV. Let's have something to bet on. So I do think there will be that interim step before we go full on back. And the other thing, Joe, is this has now gotten out of the sports world. And what I mean by that is I don't think the decisions are going to come from these commissioners. I think decisions are going to come from state and federal officials. I think leagues are going to be told when they're allowed to reopen their doors. I don't think commissioners are going to be the only ones and owners making these decisions. I think they're going to be told by government officials on when the coast may be clear as well. Well, and you got to take it, and, and I think Woj was hinting towards that, saying that they were scouting out possible arena dates and those types of things. Listen, there are cities that have been impacted far more than other places. So the NBA, at the same time, is not going to – so moving a place, they talked about it with baseball, with the World Series, possibly, you know what? Move it to Miami, indoors. Move it to a city where either A, warm weather – and the city has not been impacted that much or some of these locations where you can do it because they don't nearly have uh, as big an outbreak as some of the other places in this country. So I, I do think that they will. Yeah, you're right. At first, it's going to be a lot of. All right, let's not risk it. Fans are going to love and embrace the game when it comes back, even if they can't buy tickets wow. and go to the game. Right. Um, I don't know how long that'll last, but even if the NBA's got to go, you know what, hold it like an NCAA tournament where we've got a couple of different locations, which is where we're going to play the, you know, anything I think is on the table to be able to get it done. But you mentioned Philadelphia. How about uh, will they play those final 18, 19 games? What happens if Portland gets Nurkic back and gets Hood back and gets all of the guys that they lost back? You know, so it's fascinating to me what these what's going to happen if it, in fact, is mid-June. Uh, mid and I do want to keep in mind here, folks, that 
this is what it is today. And and just think about where we were a week ago compared today, to where we are right. today. It, if all of a sudden in, in a week, guys, two weeks, three weeks, um, you know, there's a breakthrough in the, you know, the science field there with the ability to be able to combat, you know, anything can happen. I, I don't want people to actually just, you know, be like, oh, you know. Anything can happen, even, you know, even the good stuff, Dane. It's not all bad. It's not all doom and gloom. I'm expecting some good news to come here over the next couple of weeks, and uh, we might just be pleasantly surprised where maybe kind of, uh, you know, under-promise, over-deliver kind of situation, and, you know, who knows what can happen. Just keep an open mind, and you got to keep the faith, man. you got to believe that. This thing gets on a handle, sports and everything else and our daily lives will be back to normal sooner rather than later. Although, worst case scenario, we're looking June and, uh, you know, June and July, Dane, for the NBA to be back. Yeah, I think that's true, Joe. You know, they are starting to get back up on their feet in China. Okay, you know, so maybe with the lessons learned from other countries, we can accelerate this. I think right now what we're in is the height of where Everyone is like, we have to respond right now, and it's going to get shut down. But maybe, Joe, in a month, people are like, oh, wait a second. We can start to do some things to get back to normal. I agree with you, Joe. Whenever they open the doors again, the fans are going to be excited, even if they're playing in empty arenas. And I truly believe yep. that is going to be um, kind of a half step. But we don't know, Joe. And, and that's what they have to figure out, right? Like, I guarantee that there's a concert booked for the Staples Center, you know, after the NBA Finals was supposed to happen, right? Yep. What are you going to do? you yep. got to talk to Ariana Grande or something like that, right? And figure out it's yep. a moving puzzle that they're going to have to figure out. But I do think, like you said, there is the potential for good news to come once we wrap our head around this and start to learn a little bit more about how long we have to be in these times that we're in right now. They're going to try to figure it out. It's going to look different, right. but... You know, keep the faith. It's coming back. We may just fast forward yes, to the playoffs, exactly. though. I don't know if the right yep. season is going to come back. They may just go straight to the playoffs. All right. Yeah, no, I, I trust that uh, our doctors, uh, scientists, the people in charge of uh, uh, helping combat this will uh, we'll have a breakthrough sooner rather than later. And we all know this. All right. As soon as as soon as it is, is possible, Dane, and the all clear sign is coming down, they will sports will be back before we know it. All right. They're not going to be uh, n not one of these leagues, NBA, Major League Baseball. None of them are just going to be like, you know what? We're going to go ahead and just be a little more cold. We're going to give it a no. They're coming back it, as soon as they be, as soon as they all clear sound. They're coming back. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's and no I, reason like, for them not to. Yeah. And that's why I keep on saying, Joe, there will be a phase where they come back but fans are just not allowed in the arena. We saw it, Joe, in the UFC right. this weekend. Remember, the thing we're talking about is crowds gathering. In the UFC, they just right. needed the fighters, the ref, and the tough men, right? So that will yeah. start to happen. There just won't be fans, and everyone's going to look at it like it's Christmas morning. I love it that Dana Y2 is like, listen, you know, short of uh, us being sh the fights will continue. We'll just have to find venues that will allow us to come in there. There won't be any fans, but Dana White, the UFC, is hell bent on continuing to keep it 
business as usual. Horse racing will continue business as usual. So there will be opportunities from a betting perspective, guys, to keep it going. And when we come back, obviously, you can tell that the NFL, certainly business as usual. We've got some franchise tags being thrown around. We got some signings, trades. We'll get you caught up with all the latest in the NFL. We'll do that coming up next year on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. Yep. The best friends forever. New location, what same BFF. This is great. We don't, oh, we don't normally oh, get to do this, this on the show. Well, you can do it on the but show. There's no stopping us. Give you a oh, little, oh, yeah. there you go. Now we are talking. All right. Oh. All right, we're here back for another whiteboard series. You know how it works by now. Today, the number nine pick. Kind of looks like picks. number sign, two H points. Like, hashtag second half points. Is that true? Just letting you know. Yeah, you don't like my handwriting? <laughs> Weekdays, 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern on the Sports Grid Network. Golf betting on demand. What Bryson is doing off the tee right now is very historic. And the numbers that he's putting up off the tee are actually insane right now. So let me put this into perspective for you. If the season ended right now, he'd be having the 11th best strokes gained off the tee season ever. So that's like 200 golfers a year going back 16 years. Wednesdays, 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern on the Sports Grid Network. The morning after. What did it mean to the area to watch a school like Belmont clinch a spot in the NCAA tournament? Yeah, hopefully it was um, at least a little slice of something positive. Uh, there are a lot of people in our community who were definitely um, impacted and are still trying to fight their way out of the rubble, honestly. And, um, and so it was nice for us to at least um, give a little spark of something good. Weekdays, 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern on the Sports Grid Network. Line up, ladies! The early line. We told you about some uh, some great uh, strategies heading into conference play. Certainly the early first round uh, underdog. Will they take their foot off the gas? Because it is a marathon, not a sprint for some of these teams. Don't need to win by 20. This is called survive and advance. Not, you know, balls to the wall and cover the spread. Weekday. behind the scenes over the last uh, couple of months here with their collective bargaining agreement being negotiated, ratified, and approved by the players uh, over the weekend. So labor pieces here. They also, of course, uh, have all been waiting to see what was going to happen this week. Would the NFL New Year begin this week? Would they push it back? Um, the answer is no. Uh, free agency is uh, is underway. Tom Brady at noon today can actually speak with other teams, as can other free agents. Uh, teams are announcing uh, some of the uh, some of the franchise tags that uh, may be coming down. And uh, so there's a lot. And of course, the draft is coming up and uh, it is all subject to change. We all get this. But for right now, the NFL is moving forward with what they would normally move forward with. Interesting enough, though, the there's two new stadiums being built 
uh, in the NFL yes. this year, one in Vegas, one in, uh, you know, one in, uh, in L.A., yep. and those are in all likelihood now, whether the season starts on time or not, those are probably not going to be ready, Dane. In fact, I would... I would I would bet money that we are not going to get the finished product in Vegas, which is also interesting because if the Raiders don't have their stadium ready to go because you can't have, you know, 1,500 workers show up at the same place if there's uh, if there is crowd situations there. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how far those stadiums, how close they come, because then you need teams like the Raiders and the they got to figure out where they're playing uh, because they might not be able to play in their new homes. Yeah, well, uh, there's still a stadium in San Diego that they left. <laughs> that, that, that could be an option that's fully, yep. that's fully constructed. Yep. And then, honestly, this may sound silly, Joe, but another place my mind automatically thinks of is Mexico City. You know, the game wants to get yes. international as much as possible. The Raiders and the Chargers have reasons to cater to Mexican fans, right? They've wanted to be in right. a stadium as Texas for a while, and that's not too far for them. There's maybe not the health concerns there. That's another interesting option that comes to mind, at least for me. And, Joe, you're right. The league year has started. You know what I find interesting? We are entering what they call the quote-unquote legal tampering period. I just think that's a hysterical yes. term, Joe, right? So tampering yes, can happen too. as of whatever yes. it's soon or whatever, right? But it's legal now. It's just given the agents, given everybody, all this smoke screens we've been talking about, trying to read the tea leaves for, for weeks, if not months. Now we're going to start to hear it pop. All the more reason to believe the sports world continues. We're going to have a lot to talk about over the week. Yeah, it would be very difficult, I think, for construction workers to work from home. I, I just don't see them being able to finish uh, these stadiums uh, long enough, which means Oakland, the city of Oakland, in all likelihood, is going to get their Raiders back at least for a couple of more games. And listen, unprecedented times, there will be um, there will be situations where, you know, the city of Oakland and, of course, the soccer stadium uh, that they have been playing at, all of that will will still be open and they will make concessions uh, for it. But it's it's a unique situation where two brand new stadiums, guys, state of the art. I mean, yeah. what what we've all been waiting for, uh, probably going to have to be uh, put on hold and uh, maybe even for half the NFL season. So uh, worth monitoring there. Uh, you can count on franchise right. tags happening uh, right now. It was announced the Buccaneers. They tagged uh, Shaq Barrett. Uh, which doesn't right. really surprise me. What do you have, 19 and a half sacks last year? Um, he is a guy that, yes, they they are ready to go uh, and ready to rock and roll. And that also means that Jameis Winston didn't get the franchise tag, which would have secured him for at least one more year. That would have been the way around it, right? You, you tag Jameis, you're going to pay him like one year salary, but you don't commit to him long term. By tagging Shaq Barrett, you have basically uh, sent the message that Jameis Winston uh, is in all likelihood not coming back to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Yep, they've used their uh, franchise tag on the linebacker, like you said. I guess there is still the quote-unquote transition tag that they have at their disposal. But if you read the tea leaves again, all things are pointing right. to the fact that Bruce Arians, who by himself is on limited time, 
right, is thinking that there's something right. better behind door number door number two than what he has with Jameis Winston. I think we're starting to see that the Bucks are going to go elsewhere, which means Jameis is on the market. It's the same kind of thing, right? Yep. If, if the Raiders are an option potentially for a Tom Brady or a Phillip Rivers or a Teddy Bridgewater, then that means Derek Carr is an option for someone else. It's a big domino merry-go-round that's going to fall. It's going to be exciting to see over the next month or so. And you don't even – then there's going to yeah, be some it, teams, Joe. It starts. Not to do and do it via the draft. Yes, yes, exactly it. And and this is the real first look into where the mindsets are of some of these uh, organizations. And, you know, that was a big question mark with Tampa. Was he sold, uh, Arians? You know, he, he certainly out front in the, in the media wasn't exactly uh, hitting the praises of uh, Jameis all that much. But now this just go, you never know what to believe or not to believe over the last couple of months is the thing. But this is the first concrete evidence that we've had where um, if your linebacker is a bigger priority to you than your quarterback, then you have at the very least left the door open for Jameis Winston to go elsewhere. And that means they're okay with it. It also means that um, they'll be uh, in all likelihood making plans for another quarterback to come in. And uh, just like that, just one one franchise tag like that with Tampa has really given us some insight into where they're uh, where they're looking. And maybe it's Rivers, maybe it's Brady, but the odds of Tampa having a new quarterback next year, I think, are really high. Yeah. And like I said, that means I turn my attention to Jameis Winston. Right. Does that mean Jameis Winston is going somewhere? And would a guy like Jameis, similar to a guy like Mariota, similar to a guy like. Andy Dalton, you also have to ask the question, will they get offered an opportunity to be a starter or are they going to get an opportunity somewhere else to like compete, right? What if, and I'm not saying I think this is the right idea, but a guy like Jameis, what if he's in Chicago and they tell him and Trubisky, hey, battle it out? What if he's with the Chargers and they say to him and, you know, Tarod, hey, go battle it out, right? Those are also potentials. This merry-go-round is going to be very, very interesting. But you're right. The franchise tag is one of the leading indicators. Like, for example, Joe, in Dallas, we've been talking all season long. They got some decisions to make as it relates to Dak and as it relates to Amari Cooper. If they franchise one, they can't do it with the other. Right. Yep. Yep. And that'll... That'll, that'll give you a pretty good indicator, guys, as to where they're going. The, the Giants, in fact, have tagged Leonard Williams, uh, who they got yep. in a trade during the season from the Jets. He was in a contract year. Um, this, to me, makes sense because I'm fairly certain you don't bring in Leonard Williams for a, you know, a short-term rental on a losing okay. team. Right. I think they're, they right. were always planning on keeping him and working something out down the road. Uh, because Leonard Williams is a hell of a guy to have anchor the front of that defensive line that's going to get rebuilt this year. Uh, not bad having him on a, uh, you know, on a, in a franchise tag situation. And just because they're franchise doesn't mean they won't work out a long-term deal. It just guarantees the player certain money and gives the team an opportunity to put something together. I don't hate it. Uh, I think it goes to explain why they traded for Leonard Williams to begin with. Uh, he is a guy that they wouldn't mind in the future anchoring that defensive front. Yeah, I mean, Joe, it's 
in essence, it's a sunk cost, right? You already used up assets to get right. him. So now if you let him go out the door, you're even screwed. Remember, we said the same thing when the Rams traded for Jalen Ramsey, right? We were like, oh, now they got to sign him because they've already traded away, you know, stuff to go get him. Last one I know, Brandon Scherf, offensive lineman for the Washington football team, he got the franchise, and I'm mm -hmm. pissed off at that one, Joe. As a Jets fan, I knew the Jets were going to try and remake the offensive line. He was one of the targets yep. I was looking for in free agency to upgrade there, but he signs the franchise tag in Washington. Yeah, and uh, and I love it. I, I also Damian Williams, by the way, got his option picked up by the. You know, this is not uh, hard to figure out here that the uh, Chiefs are holding on to. Uh, Damian Williams, sure. the running back there. They did have a uh, team option. They went ahead and picked that up. He's set to make $2.5 this year with bonuses on the table. He missed five games uh, last year, but I think what we can all agree that Damian Williams was a real big part of that championship run by the Kansas City Chiefs this year, and he will be back at a great price in the same system, same quarterback, a uh, great move and smart move, of course, by the uh, Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs to hold on to him. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he especially come the playoffs, he saw his value. The only oh, question yeah. with him is can stay healthy. Yep, yep. Stay healthy. Uh, that's a pretty good way to end the show here today, guys. Of course, again, we'll that's be back uh, tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. here. Uh, getting you caught up with all the headlines, talking a lot of NFL moving forward. We'll get you ready for the season. Stay safe. It's the early line. We'll talk to you again tomorrow here on The Grid.